Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of A Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is. Hello, and welcome to today's LinkedIn uh, and Facebook Live around onboarding excellence and how to give a great new team member induction. So this is something that I think is absolutely vital when it comes to recruiting new people into your business. And it's something that I see uh, requires some some level of support and development for some of uh, flagship partners, existing clients. And it's something that we help support them with uh, to make sure that they have a fantastic experience. So uh, thank you, Harry, for popping by. Afternoon. How are you? I hope you're keeping well, too. Um, appreciate you popping in. Uh, hi, Sally. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you yesterday as well. Thank you for popping by. Um, cool. So onboarding excellence is an absolutely vital part of making sure that the experience of joining your team and your business is vital. So this video is going to be useful for anyone who's people manager, uh, anyone who owns or runs their own business, and um, anyone that's involved in that sort of recruitment and onboarding process. It's a a vital part of making sure, uh, no, Johnny, you haven't missed it yet. I'm just starting, mate. I'm just getting cracking. Um, Onboarding excellence is absolutely vital that, um, you know, we, we make sure we stay on track. I'm going to ignore the comments now because otherwise it's putting me right off off uh, off track. So um, so one of the things that I pick up with with many, uh, many of our clients when we go and speak to them and when we help support them is that this isn't about induction day success, right? So an onboarding process starts both before a member of staff joins your business um, and also continues for, I believe it takes around six months for somebody to start to, really get their feet under the table into a role and uh, and be able to um, be held uh, be held accountable for um, the fulfilling the role requirements and sometimes it really depends on the role itself which I think is vital to say because many of our clients obviously employ drivers right so um, I'll come to I'll come to those types of roles later so this is going to be a very generalized discussion around how to onboard people because obviously different roles will have really specific requirements but this is just overall uh, best practice for uh, you and your business and maybe things to think about and some of these things you'll probably or potentially already be doing and some of them are things you may be able to do a bit better Um, however you know it's uh, it's an important thing to consider and reflect on the existing process that you've got so um, for example what you know with regards um, starting somebody, the first thing is safety. So safety is absolutely paramount. Do you know one of the things that comes to mind is that many many people will look to bombard people with safety information, particularly if they've got a role around um, you know mechanical or uh, driving or a high risk role in a warehouse or something like that. And we tend to just focus on getting somebody into the business and getting those boxes ticked for safety, right? So um, they come in and they they just, you know, it, you've got this form to fill out and we just bombard them. Here's the fire exits. Uh, here's where, you know, here's where the toilets are. That's all important stuff. But then actually we get into like the fundamentals of the safety of the role as well, getting risk assessment signed off, 
those kinds of things. And actually, is that vital initially? Is Are you pairing that person up with somebody who's going to help support them? And are you going to you know, get them through the business in that sense? Is there a requirement for actually bombarding all of that information straight away? The statistics around training are that actually a training delivery, only about 10% is actually going to be withheld for the next two weeks. So if you bombard somebody on day one, that their knowledge retention is going to be, um, you know, not as good as you would hope it to be. So I think it's important to realise that actually the onboarding process is, is a longer process than just sort of day one. So this isn't induction day success, right? So uh, before someone starts, have you shared all of the information that you need with them? Have they got all of their requirements ready? Do they know what uniform to wear? Do they know where they're going and who they're reporting to when they start? Absolutely vital pieces of information, a welcome letter, um, and helping people make sure that they feel comfortable, they know where they're going on, who to speak to, and who to ask for. And then when people are when people come into the business, there's sort of six six key areas that I think are really important to focus on. And the thing is, is the first one is making sure there's time to understand the, the business itself. So we need to give a new team member plenty of context as part of their uh, onboarding process. So do you have a process for helping someone understand how your business operates, who all the different team members are within the business and how it's structured? How, how are things done around here and what are the expectations around the culture, the vision and the values? And how does their role specifically fit into achieving that vision and values? So I think it's really, really important to sort of get back to the basics and help someone understand how their role sort of functions and making sure they meet, you know, usually many businesses are great at introducing people and it's just a high, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that I suggest doing is actually pre-organizing the sort of first six months, and it might not be every day for the first six months, but certainly different developmental stages over the six month period for people to be able to meet their colleagues, particularly if you've dotted around in different areas and different depots, for example, so that people can go and visit and meet people face to face, because it's a great way and very important for people to build rapport. Okay, so the first thing is about taking that time to understand the business and the vision of values. And if possible, wherever possible is to help um, support that by senior management being involved at some part, some part during that onboarding process. So the second one, the second one that I think is really important is having a mentoring program. And this is something which a lot of companies miss and that it's a great opportunity through mentoring because what it does is your existing team members, you can help involve them as well. They get some development. They may not necessarily be managers or supervisors. They might be looking to develop their skills. So a great opportunity is offering that official mentoring program where new team members can come into the business and there's somebody they can speak to that isn't their line manager, isn't their supervisor, and isn't someone directly related with their performance and, and how they're doing, but essentially is somebody who can offer a support, a listening ear, and say, this is how these work, this is how that works. And it might be one or two people um, that that person does in that job function. So with such a broad base, it's difficult to sort of get into the details, but I think that's a really, really great thing to be able to do and then the third thing is around getting to understand the person who's coming into the business a lot better so there's a few tools at flagship partners that we use um, we look at helping to support people understand what their representational systems are so one of those things one, one of what that is is when um, when people learn they learn in different ways and I did a live last week around how people learn and learning fundamentals so one of the things is I would find out initially how 
people's representational systems works are they a visual learner are they uh, auditory kinesthetic or auditory digital what's the best way of them learning and making sure that we support that journey of learning and developing into the role based on their learning preferences and we also make sure that managers and supervisors are aware of those as well so we can help make sure that we've got the right resources and understanding to be able to help the person develop the other is around motivational maps so maps are a vital part and i've done i've done podcasts on this before so if you do want to have a listen to those uh, i have them but motivational maps and motivation is a vital part of performance okay so performance what i call the performance triangle is you've got the direction of the business at the top and this is an important part actually of the induction or onboarding process right so if you want somebody to perform you need to show them the governance and the direction of the business how the business is managed what the expectations are, what the vision and values are, like I've discussed. One of the other parts of the triangle is the skills element. So we often focus on that as part of an onboarding process anyway and give people the skills. And some places will try and cram it all in in one day. And I suggest obviously spreading that out. The other vital part, the vital part of performance is around motivation and energy and making sure people are properly motivated. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're proud to sponsor a Half Dozen Things podcast. Flagship Partners help their clients become safer, greener and greater through a range of consultancy and training services. We offer audits through to risk assessments, contracts through to support with managing your culture, all the way from mandatory training through to management training as well. So if you need any support, please do get in touch with Flagship Partners today. One of the things to understand and, and I suggest doing is what's called a motivational map before somebody starts. And you, it can help you understand what, how they think, how they, how they see the world around them and how best to motivate that person to be able to do their best work. And the motivational map is really, really useful to be able to do that. Uh, it's something that we offer here at Flagship. And if you're interested to find out more, um, I'm more than happy to have a chat. But the most, what the motivational map will do is be able to give line managers, if they understand it, a map of how best to engage with that team member and how best to get the best out of them, which is absolutely vital. And also the benefit of that and the benefit of all of this and having a really great onboarding process is that the team member themselves feel valued, they feel looked after, they feel like you're trying to understand and support them as well. So really, really useful stuff. Uh, the fourth of the six things, six things, sorry, is around having a really clear job description and making sure that that is reviewed monthly with the new person and making sure that the items and the vital parts of it are prioritized so that we make sure the right things are being focused on. So having a really clear job description might sound like absolute basics, but what happens is, is we have what we what I call job creep. And that is where people will do the things they'll do the things they really enjoy um, and they're good at and the things that they've been shown and they find easy and will sometimes ignore the tricky stuff potentially and they will underdevelop themselves in that area if they're left to it so it's really important that on a monthly basis we sit down and review the job description because one of the things that can happen and i've experienced this before with some of uh, with people that we've worked with and that is that part of the job part of the job gets done not the whole job and what happens is is because the job description is often only looked at on day one when it gets signed and put into a drawer and forgotten about, is that actually that person is only maybe doing half of the role of the, of the job that they should be doing, and they're not doing everything. And what happens is, is actually we're not regularly reviewing that, and that person is starting to underperform. And the issue is, is the manager doesn't really understand why that is. 
they don't really know how to tackle it and they haven't got the facts and figures in front of them. But actually, if the job description is a living, breathing part of that process with the, it could be called something different. It could be, you know, a function list or um, a task list or, or whatever it may be. But I always suggest that actually we have the key descriptions and the competencies to make sure that we are signing those off and they're demonstrated and we're reviewing them on a monthly basis, certainly up until around six months, which is my suggestion. And then obviously that would then be on an annual basis once we're satisfied and happy with where everything is. But I think that's a really vital part of a really great onboarding process is to just make sure that these are the things that are expected, really being really clear about the expectations and then going through a process where they get signed off. Um, Awesome. So uh, the fifth area is around um, reviewing relationships with colleagues and making sure that the person's key skills um, are fitting in with the business. So um, alongside the technical element, like I've just spoken about, the job description and the things that need to happen, the other thing that's really important to focus on is around how that person's gelling with those around them. How are they fitting into the team? And are there any conflicts occurring? Is there any issues? And this is something that I'd suggest would be reviewed on a monthly basis as well. And, and any, any sort of issues that may arise dealt with, because this starts to move into a dynamic uh, professional development opportunity where we can start to make decisions around what additional skills someone someone may need on a proactive basis not just right we're going to put them on communication skills training or we're going to put them on this training or they're a manager and actually they're not very good at um you know they've not got an engaged team so we're going to put them on this course and that what I'm saying is, is we shouldn't just have those fixed courses. What we need to have is like a dynamic approach to go, actually, this, you know, we've employed this manager, he's four months into the business, and actually he's not doing his one-to-ones very well. And actually we're noticing that the team aren't very engaged. So we need to get some development. What's that going to look like? And the thing is, is what will happen is if that's not an ongoing regular review in the first six-month period, is it will get left until the following year. And actually that person will feel underskilled so and this fits really closely with the health and safety at work uh, guidance around the management standards so the management standards the HSC's management standards about reducing risk is really important that your business focus on and I've done podcasts and videos on this before but the the guidance around um, reducing reducing risk and and managing it the key area is around role one of them is around role and it's also around skills and training and uh, making sure that the person's ability matches the demands of their role so we need to make sure we nurture that as part of our ongoing development during the onboarding process so that's number five making sure we review relationships with colleagues and making sure that those core functional skills are properly developed and making sure that we're doing that on a regular basis uh, the sixth area is around just slowing it down like i say a lot of companies may only have a three-month probationary period um, rather than six months. And I actually think that might be fine. You know, if, if that is what works for your business, I'm not saying to change that. But let's look at the onboarding process being stretched over a period of time and actually proactively work out what are the things that we could do over the period of time to um, develop that person. What needs to be done day one and what could be done at day 30 and what could be done at day 60 and what could be done at day 90 and actually slow these things down and start to build a picture for the role rather than just pushing someone straight through and getting them out onto the shop floor or into the business and operational within a day or two. I think that's absolutely vital to slow things down and making sure we spread the development and ensuring that we prioritize the most important stuff 
earlier on in the process and then we push it push it through so those are my six key sort of core fundamental areas for uh, uh the onboarding process on onboarding excellence what i would say is safety is a really important and vital part of this right so um i think we should review if your if your business is regularly looking at in onboarding people into uh, high safety requirement um situations you need to work out what is it they need to know on day one and then what can we satisfy through supervision of that person as they start to get into the business because one of the challenges is around safety is we just bombard people and they're not going to retain any of it and also I think it shows that you don't really prioritize it as a business so one of these things is like how do you want to represent your business with your people when they come and arrive in the business and the thing is is by going safety first that's vital that that's a great starting point but actually I'm going to bombard you on day one and then from day two onwards I don't care anymore well that's that's a bit of a challenge, right? So actually let's go right on day one, we're gonna focus on these areas. And actually on day 30, we're gonna go through these safe systems of work. And then on day, day 60, we're gonna do that. And this is the process you're gonna go through. And this is why we've agreed to do it that way. I think having that sort of slow down approach to helping nurture people into um, the safety of their role as well as anything else is vital, okay? So this brings me on to companies that employ drivers. So many of our clients are fleet operators and, and they've got drivers. And I know that many companies out there will go, well, you've got a license, here's the keys and off you go. And um, I've not really sort of tackled tackled that element as part of this video. So one of the things is, is I think I think we need to sort of move away from uh, that, that mindset. I think it's important that actually just because someone's got a license, we have what's called skill fade um, is a thing where um, particularly drivers of large large machinery and large kit, um, if they've not done it for a period of time, they might have skill fade. So just because they've had a license and driven 10 years ago um, in an HGV, that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to jump in and be safe straight away. So I think it's really vital to have familiarization training. So um, that's got to be a vital part of any onboarding process is familiarization training or with any other piece of complex equipment that somebody needs to do. We need to make sure that that's done. Um, not all HGVs are built the same. You know, they are, they do have um, unique elements to them. Um, and then specifically around HGVs as well and, and other bits of plant and equipment is that actually they are all different. So just because someone has been a tipper driver uh, for years and years, and you're going to put them on plant machinery, for example, that is that is a skill in itself. But just because they've got a license, just because they've driven a truck before, there's a there's a there's a lot for somebody to learn and be competent at. So they really need to be mentored and shadowed and supported and shown how to properly nurture their skills in that role. I think it's I think it's a really vital part of developing um drivers in that sense and making sure we have those competencies and i really think we need to get away with you know um i've got many colleagues on linkedin and, and friends on, on linkedin who will often talk about the risk of various specific bits of equipment for example um mixers are a particular challenge and i know mark cowan is is for you know on on about mixer rollovers being an issue but it's absolutely vital right and the thing is is we have competency cards but they're really just they, they don't go far enough they're, they're not you know we shouldn't have tick box cards um and tick box exercises we need to make sure that relevant training is taking place by the expert and specialist that that know what they're talking about and can show people and we nurture them in through that onboarding process 
So that's my health check around drivers for those fleet operators amongst us. I really think the days of throwing keys at somebody and saying, off you go, have to be gone. We need to make sure we go through that process and make sure we have a, a proper training matrix and we start to work out right, what's absolutely vital and what can we do and at what stage. And then we we um, make people aware of these are the key skills you need and these are when you're going to learn them. So I'm hoping that's been useful. That's gone on a little bit longer than I anticipated. But if you're interested, the Half Dozen Things podcast, I talk much more about um, professional development and these kinds of areas that I focus on in, in the flagship business. Um, we do lots of great uh, support for companies around uh, contracts, uh, contracts of employment. We can help with this onboarding process. We also help companies with their vision and values. Um, we help create that. We help spread that message. We help with communication skills training, appraisal skills, as well as delivering feedback, which is also a vital part of the onboarding process is are your managers properly equipped and trained to be able to deliver great feedback and help nurture their team members that are coming in and joining the business are they representing you as well as they could be anyway if this has raised any questions for you please do get in touch with me i'm pete rushman uh, thank you very much for listening and i will see you soon thank you i really hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels we hope to reach more and help more people. If you want to find out more about me, my name's Pete Rushmer. You'll find me across any social media channel and my business, Flagship Partners, and we're your partners in success across your business. Thank you. See you again soon.